This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 5, Episode 7, Terms and Conditions. And let's start it off with some announcements. The announcement we have this week is uh, that the finale of the Cashmere Saga bonus episodes is coming out this weekend. Uh, If you haven't listened to the first two installments, I highly suggest you do. They're riveting. Uh, And uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you can look forward to that coming out this weekend. Uh, So let's move on into words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. Last week, we didn't really have words with the GM. Hello. Uh, So we will be chatting about Series 5 episode five, Red Level Clearance, and series five, episode six, No Place Like Home. There's a lot to talk about in the in these two episodes. Um, they're, they're pretty mouse heavy for starters. Yes, definitely. Um, actually, this whole campaign is pretty mouse centric, uh, which we've talked before about integrating people's backstories into campaigns. Uh, I mean, in the first Shadowrun series, you know, there were three or four episodes devoted to Boomer's backstory coming back to haunt him, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think there's a difference between touching on someone's backstory and then making someone's backstory the base from which you build the campaign, which is what we're seeing this campaign turn out to be. Definitely. There is a... For me, as a GM, there's a really big distinction between pulling in aspects of somebody's backstory or even the actions that they've taken during the campaign and basing a major arc on one character. Um, There's a lot more pressure, for one, on the character or on the player when you do that. And I think it's really important to engage the player uh, in those discussions. Make sure that you have permission to kind of fiddle around with their backstory, for starters. Yeah, uh, because you do have to understand when you're like in that player position that once the GM kind of takes control of your backstory and uh, decides to really, really play with it, like you got to expect like they'll throw you some curveballs. Maybe not everything is as it seems. That person you thought was dead is back, that kind of stuff. So as a GM, it is a good idea to talk with uh, the player outside the campaign and, and just like, I mean... I know I did it with Mouse a little bit where, uh, you know, you kind of had an idea of what Mouse's backstory was, even if she didn't remember it. And uh, and I asked you what that was. I'm like, well, tell me what details you have, because I think I might want to make uh, I might want to play with that a little bit. And uh, so, you know, you actually had a little bit of uh, player knowledge that you had to separate away from your character knowledge. Yeah. And that's uh, a risk um, that you bring to the table when you choose to sort of focus in your, your story on one player. Um, 
you've either got to be really sly or you've got to be able to trust the the player to separate character and player knowledge. That's that's one uh, potential pitfall. Um, but also there are a lot of rewards. Um, uh, for one thing, pulling in people's backstories, which we've, we've talked about before, can really engage um, your players around the table that um, maybe... Uh, uh, oh no, there's a random bad guy, go get him story might uh, not engage them as well. Yeah, it, it helps unify the team almost if uh, if the person you're trying to help or assist, the almost the quest giver in a sense, is another one of the players. Like, guys, I need help with this thing from my, from my past. Or this is personal to me. And it's like, well, we're all a team here. We care about you. So now, like... Now it's personal for us too. Yeah, and that's a good point. I wouldn't ever really start a campaign with one of the player characters being that quest giver. I think this is always like the second arc that you pick uh, or third or fourth or fifth. Um, but you got to have the first arc that's like the thing that brings them all together and yeah. makes them a family. <laughs> like, I don't know, go into space or something. Whatever. <laughs> so I... You know, you, you can definitely get that player buy-in, but, you know, all around the table. But you have to make sure as well that you're not uh, focusing in too heavily on um, that player. You want to make sure that even if the story is based on one of the characters, that all of the characters are able to be involved. Yeah, but there is still like the, the moments where, uh, like we saw with the last episode, uh, where, you know, Mouse kind of got pulled away from everybody and then Mouse had to have this really, really intense scene that no other character was a part of. Um, and uh, that was like a difficult decision to make as a GM because to do something like that, you have to... Uh, really trust uh, that everyone else around the table is going to be as engaged in that scene as the player that is actually in that scene. And that's, uh, that's you know, partly on the players and partly on the story uh, because uh, there are players who, who have difficulty, like, really being engaged when they're not actively involved. And, uh, and if you have players at your table that are like that, they'll get less and less interested in the campaign, the less they're involved. And so uh, the flip side of that is like, you have to make the story engaging enough for everybody so that even when they're not a part of a scene, they still are really, really like on the edge of their seats. Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen to mouse? Uh, which I felt like we kind of hit there. Like it, everyone was just like super intently like watching. So I'm, I'm glad that everyone is invested enough in this story to let it play out, uh, without feeling like they needed to intervene. Um, and I, and I'm also, you know, grateful as a GM to, uh, have a group of players, um, uh, here on the podcast that, uh, that like watching the story unfold as much as they like unfolding the story themselves with their own actions. <laughs> it really takes like everyone at the table being on the same page and like wanting the same kind of story to be told at that moment. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that was really helpful, um, that you did as a GM was, um, and ending the, are you going to tell them, you know, on, on a cliffhanger. So I had the opportunity to ask the other players like do you mind if she goes by herself that's true there was actually uh some chatter in between episodes where you were like look guys i think i go without telling you is that like and and i actually remember like i was part of that conversation and i was like yeah like if you guys don't 
want to have a chance of like catching her, if you're cool with her just disappearing, I'm not going to make her roll for it because if you roll for it, then there's a chance that it goes the other way. But if you guys want to have a chance of like catching her as she's sneaking out, we can, we can roll off. We can see how it goes. Like, I want to know what you guys want because it, it could be interesting either way. And, and we actually did talk about that as a group before we went into the next session. Yeah. It was really important for me to get that initial buy-in of like, I'm going to go by myself. Hopefully I don't die. <laughs> um, so enough about me. What was your favorite moment? Oh, I have two episodes to pick from. <laughs> um, okay. Uh... If I had to pick one moment from both episodes, I think it's the uh, it's the scene um, where you guys get the next job near the end of uh, oh with Estelle with Estelle yeah she's a peach <laughs> I, I I loved it because uh, uh, I was I sit right across the table from Dan when we play and I remember making eye contact with him right before I started to describe it and he's like no <laughs> no does she have the teeth no <laughs> like just watching him realize like we're bringing in Estelle back, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Bumbles has tried so hard to separate himself from Estelle. He can't quite do it. And uh, and then, of course, Bryn's just like, oh, yeah, I called up Estelle. You love Estelle, right? <laughs> but what about you? What was your favorite part? Um, My favorite part was when I got shot. <laughs> you mean when Bumbles accidentally, like, almost murdered Mouse? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love it because Dan feels so guilty about it. Um, also I thought it was really interesting cause, um, I love Dan's bad luck. Yeah. And I, uh, in, in case, in case, uh, the listeners don't know, I can't actually remember if we've mentioned it at all this series, but, uh, Bumbles has a negative quality called bad luck, uh, which is the first time you use edge in a session, uh, you have to roll a D six. If it comes up one, uh, then the opposite of what you're trying to achieve happens. So like if you're trying to stop a critical glitch from happening, it becomes a critical glitch. It's like <laughs> real bad. Or like if you're trying to like add more dice to your pool, you actually subtract dice from your pool, stuff like that. So, um, it's not just that Dan is unlucky. It's that Bumbles is like built into the system has like, he's mechanically unlucky. A one in six chance of like something going real bad yeah um because it precipitated basically this whole scene of like i fell over after being or mouse fell over after being shot and then like never stood back up again um like initiative happened we didn't get to me we didn't get to mouse to roll and then like there was a giant explosion and hey you know when you need to solve a situation (laughs) (laughs) and i like that bumbles feels really guilty because you know, it shows he cares. It just, it feels like a really cool inter-character moment during an action sequence, which, which I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it definitely made a really, really intense and dangerous situation, uh, which was, uh, interesting to watch how it was resolved, but that's enough chatter for now. Uh, we, uh, we still have an episode to listen to. Um, we're going to kick it off with one of my favorite things, uh, my pixie voice, (laughs) which I've been waiting to use on the podcast. So Let's move on in <laughs> to series five, episode seven, Terms and Conditions. Enjoy. It started how it always starts. New team, new Johnson, new job. Except this time, it was different. First, the runners. You got Mouse, tiny sweet girl. 
more than a little funny in the head. But that doesn't matter much, considering she's the best fragging Decca I've ever seen. Then there's Kashmir, about as green as they come, clearly out of his element. But when the gods were down, that boy proved to be one hell of a mage. Then you have Bumbles, Elf, Dryad, uh, Eccentric. If you're being polite, he commands an entire arsenal of drones with enough firepower to level a whole fragment city block. He's the kind of Renner you hope you don't need on a job, but if you do, you're fragging glad to have him around. Then there's me, a big red oni named Boomer. My specialty is sneaking in, geeking anyone in the way, and, as the leader of the group, keeping those three in line. Next, the Johnson. On the surface, sounds pretty straightforward. Next runner called Pretty B. Fell off the grid a few years back, but I didn't ask why. I'm a professional. In our line of work, people are entitled to the secrets. Weird thing was, he was paying his hand over fist to help people. Had his clearing out ghouls from the sewers and redmen, for frag's sake. Like I said, weird. But it's not often you get a line of jobs with a little bit of honor in them. So I was on board from day one. After a while, we earned Brins, I mean Pretty B's, trust. And he let us meet his employer, Lawrence Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore was the last genuine anti-establishment businessman, according to my friend Doc. Publicly, Mr. Whitmore had retired a long time ago when he was like really young, but he didn't really. It was all a ruse and in secret, he started shadow running against the corporations. When he got too old to keep running, he switched to being a Johnson and hired a team of runners to continue the work he started. But not us. We come way later. The runners he hired back then were Bryn's team. Bryn, his sister Enna, an elf named Lario, and an adept named Jason Black. Bryn told us that all of them had died a long time ago, and that's why Mr. Whitmore was looking for a new team. And that's when he found us. We could continue his mission to protect those who couldn't protect themselves, especially from the corporations. I learned from Doc that when you have the chance to do something good for somebody else, you should do it. So of course I agreed to help. Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, and no organization rises without inspiring a rival. Havoc 66 arose as a dark mirror to Whitmore and Bren's work led by a madman called Hellion. It didn't take long before Hellion found out about us, and we learned that there was quite a lot that Widmore wasn't telling us. Like that Hellion was actually the not-so-dead Jason Black, the very one that used to run with Bryn. Hellion had turned on his old team, slaughtering them as he defected from Whitmore's cause, which we would learn much later was because he wasn't just operating alone. See, the funny thing about magic is, those of us who are able to harness it are as much under its influence as it is under ours. Hellion had gotten into bed with the wrong kind of spirit. A toxic one. Uh, the spirit drove him mad, uh, desiring only destruction. It took Whitmore's anti-corporation agenda and uh, perverted it, uh, causing Hellion to see violence as the only solution. But before we had a chance to prepare for the coming onslaught, Hellion made his move against the corpse and Whitmore. He broke into the estate and murdered Whitmore right in front of us. Then he stole Whitmore's personal shuttle, blasting off into space. 
as the alien had set into motion a series of events that gave him the opportunity to hit the corporations where it would hurt them the most. Now the thing about AAA Corps is they're much too big to take down. That said, they did put quite a few of their eggs in one basket, Zurich Orbital Station. The station is, was, a seat of power for the AAAs. The Matrix, their bank, and even the corporate court was housed there. Like I said, a lot of eggs in one nice mid-sized space basket. Hellion's plan was to take over the station and crash it on Seattle. Not quite an extinction level event, but certainly a global catastrophe. Naturally, the only reasonable thing for us to do was follow him up into space and stop him. Which we did! Sort of. We definitely took Hellion out, just not before he had done enough damage to the station to send it careening earthward. But with a little help from Mouse, we managed to make the whole space station rigger interface. That's right, for a few glorious minutes, I was a space station. While rigged in, I had to break poor Zurich Orbital apart. It fell into the ocean in little bitty pieces, causing basically no damage at all. And we became global heroes. Except no one knows, because we're shadow runners, and the corpse would love to pin this on us. So we decided to lay low, in Whitmore's mansion. It was the only sensible choice. That's where we've been since then, keeping our heads down while Bryn lines up the next job. And that's where I come in. This crusade Whitmore started is more than just a mission. It's my legacy. My name is Nim, and Lawrence Whitmore was my father. Whitmore sacrificed everything for his crusade against the corpse, including his relationship with my mother, L'Oreal. I never understood how he could just neglect us for his greater purpose. When I was old enough to join his team, he didn't offer, and I didn't ask. Some people would consider that a lucky break for me if they knew what happened next. When Jason Black murdered my mother, I faked my death and fled overseas. And it wasn't even hard considering my ability to magically impersonate literally anyone I meet. I needed to start a new life as someone else, to get away from him and, well, everything. I never understood how important my father's mission was until after he died. And then it was too late. It wasn't really a decision to come back to Seattle. It was something else, an, an imperative. I have to try to make things right in whatever way I can. I returned to the manor and met Brim's new team. And apparently the mage they've been running with, this cashmere guy, ended up just like Jason. He turned toxic, betrayed his team, and ran away. I can understand why they've had some trouble trusting me. It took me this long to start letting people back into my life after a toxic mage tore it apart. Hopefully, they're not as slow on the uptake. The last time we left our shadow running team, uh, they had successfully gathered some info from the Seattle Tacoma airport that pointed them in a direction for their quarry, a man by the name of Isaac Boonin. After that job, uh, Bryn was doing some legwork to try and see how the mysterious Mazashi clan was linked to the Boonin extraction. Um, and in that time frame, uh, Mouse was approached by what we can only assume it was an Evo operative, a clone uh, who looked just like Mouse, uh, who gave her the option to uh, abandon her life as she knows it and return to 
the project, as she called it, or uh, go back home, away from the meat. Uh, and um, Mouse, at first, chose to sacrifice herself and go with the operative, but had second thoughts at the last moment, and, uh, and the operative uh, left her and promised that next time they spoke, it would not be peacefully. After that, uh, Mouse also had a little bit of a, a, f- a fun moment where she uh, was invited to be a member of the Nexus Data Haven, it, which is the largest data haven in, uh, in the world. Um, and uh, Bryn got a line on uh, who was pulling the strings for the uh, Boonin extraction. Um, uh, using... Bumble's contact Estelle, uh, <laughs> uh, Bryn was able to find out that uh, the head of a uh, smuggling outfit named Freight uh, was the one who assembled the team that extracted Boonin, and they were able to m- set up a meet with Freight. Uh, they did so at Bumble's safe house in, in Redmond, and after getting there, uh, they waited a little bit, and... Freight showed up. Uh, turns out Freight is a pixie, a creature, uh, a metasapient about a foot and a half tall with dragonfly luminescent rings, a spiked pink mohawk, uh, tattoos starting at the neck going all the way down her right arm, uh, spiked bracelets, uh, gauged ears, a claymore on her back, and an attitude. Uh, <laughs> she went down and told the team, uh, You want something from me? I need something from you. And I'm not going to frag around. Okay. What do you want? Well, I'm not really in the habit of giving up my clients' locations. So this is going to cost you. What do you want? 50,000 new yen. That's my price. Over the DNI. This is like the easiest thing we've ever done, right? This is great. Either that or a favor. What would the favor be? Wait, no. Wait, no. (laughs) (laughs) Over the DNI. Let's explore our options. (laughs) It doesn't mean we can't pay her the money. It just means we have options. I have an ex-employee of mine. I want him taken care of. Like dead? What the frag do you think I mean? What, is this your first rodeo? Jesus, yeah. Dead, big guy. I can see you're not the brains of the operation. There's often a lot of confusion in the assassin industry where the take care of means just teach a lesson or completely eliminate. Now, when you're working with different clients, it's important to make sure... Oh my god, I think while this guy's talking, my rate's going up to 60k. Or maybe I'll have you kill two of my ex-employees. You had to ask for the favor. Continue. That's it. You You go find this guy I know about where he lives. You take him out. I'll give you the information. He's been going around bad-mouthing my business and giving away some of my trade secrets, and I'm not really a, I'm not really a fan of that. So, he won't see you coming. Previously unaffiliated with me. I'm going to DNI. I don't know. It sounds like a pretty easy job. Might be easier than shelling out uh, 50K. Is it really our kind of thing? It's my kind of thing. Excuse us for one moment. Yeah, sure. Talk some outs yourselves. I'll just sit over here and... Does this thing work? And she floats over to the uh, uh, to the record player and starts fucking with it. Sort of. You do whatever. So, all over the DNI. We're not assassins. You're not assassins. I mean, right. we we don't know who this guy is or what he's done. He 
gave away some trade secrets? That doesn't seem like a crime that warrants death. Fine, we'll pay her off. Right, this to me seems like, you know, we call Bryn and tell him what's up. And then as our employer, he perhaps pays for this. All right, call him up. Hey, Bryn. Hmm? Yeah. So for 50 grand, afraid will talk, or we have to kill a guy. Oh, well, it's obvious which one's the preferable option there. Uh, give me a second. And he sits there for a second. Uh, on this short notice, I can get you 30K. I think we can cover it yeah. between us. To be clear, this is a re- this is one of those like keep the receipt will be reimbursed, right? Uh, yeah, it might just be a minute or two. I'm gonna have to. That's I, fine. I'm pretty sure I can make it work. That's fine. Right, we can cover this, right, guys? Yeah. I think I think we can work something out with freight. Right. We hand her the money, and she Wait. tells us what we want to know. <laughs> I'm, I just I think I that mean, we can get a better rate. Is okay. what I'm saying. I don't mean to shut you down, Nim. You, I just it's been a very long time since we've talked to someone, and they've said, "Give me money, and you can have what you want." <laughs> He's right. So, yes, I agree. You're very good at your job. Please do your thing. <laughs> I'll turn back to freight. Look, uh, your your deal with your guy, that's that's your deal. We're we're not interested in in getting in in between whatever's going on. As far as money goes, what we've got right now on hand is is 30k. Roll negotiate. Okay. I'm going to throw caution to the wind and pre-edge this. Okay. How many hits did you get? Six hits. Okay. Uh, so uh, she like quits fiddling with the needle of the uh, of the record player. Turns back to you and goes, "30 k, huh?" Yep. Hmm. And she kind of like floats casually towards you, uh, like scratching her chin, putting on airs of like contemplating, and she's like, "You know what? Still." Uh uh, made it seem like you guys were working uh, for some deep pockets. You're telling me all you can move tonight is 30k? I mean, this is my professional reputation you're talking about here. Well, um, we certainly can't move 50. What would your price be? Mm, 30k is good. <laughs> Great, 30k it is. I hand her a cred stick <laughs> happily and and confidently. <laughs> uh, she takes it. She checks it. And then, uh, 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 and she yells up the stairs, Benji, get your hoop down here. And, uh, the door opens up and squelch as, uh, as the troll, oh, what, how? Mind the step. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, comes walking down the one with the, uh, uh, with the, uh, chromed face. Uh, he walks up, he takes the cred stick, uh, and then, uh, nods and walks out and shuts the door again. Again, squelch on his way out. Mind the step. (laughs) How? What the hell? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, uh, you you guys drive a hard bargain, but uh, it's not information I'm particularly loath to part with. So, uh, to be honest, uh, what? Or not to, to be honest. Uh, what exactly is it you're looking for? Isaac Boonin. All right. Well, I don't know exactly where he got moved to. Uh, the location he's currently residing at is a mystery to even myself. But 
I do know for sure that he was handed off to the Mazashi clan. I don't have you heard of them? Yes, actually. Apparently the Mazashi clan had use for Boonin. Uh, they're the ones who arranged the whole extraction. But uh if you're looking for a place to start uh start poking around, when I made the deal with the Mazashi clan, I of course looked into them a little bit myself, pulled whatever contacts I could, and uh looks like there's a Lone Star detective who's currently looking into the Mazashi clan for Whatever reason. Didn't seem to be so hot on the trail that I had to worry about my operation being compromised, but any detective worth their salt uh, is going to have a pretty large case file the amount of time she's apparently been looking for these guys. Uh, she might have a general idea of where you, uh, how one might be able to contact the Mazashi clan or possibly where they might be residing uh, and just hasn't had enough to really get a warrant, per se. Cool. Um, you seem to me to be like someone who doesn't ask a particularly large amount of questions, but do you have any details on why he was extracted? Good read on this guy. Uh, no, I didn't really ask. Uh, the Mazashi clan got in contact with him, wanted to extract him, utilized my services. They had to, of course, say one of their representatives had to be on the team. Who was that representative? Um, a dwarf. Wielding like a, a, a dwarf, wielding a katana, spiritual, not really my type, but uh, I think his name, uh, he went by Dart. And he was your only contact with the Mizashi? Yes. So he set up the extraction. That's correct. Did he contact you via Metalink? How do you contact you? Uh, yeah, probably via Metalink. It was a phone number. I didn't trace it. Met him in person. Seemed to be on the up and up as far as, you know mysterious assassin clans go that makes sense and what was the name of this investigator uh her name is detective maria silva she's with lone star apparently she's been looking into the mazashi for a while so she might even have a, a dossier on this dart fellow who knows uh i dni i don't have more questions does anyone else i kind of don't want to talk to her at all or listen to her talk <laughs> all right um, well, thank you, Freight. You've been very helpful. Yeah, I know. Hey, if, uh, if Dart contacts you again, there might be some more Nuyen in it if you would toss him our way. What's your, uh, what's your interest in this guy? You're, I don't want to set up the Mizashi clan to get geeked if, uh, if you guys are, are looking to settle a score or something. I don't want to get in the middle of that. We're not looking to geek anyone. We just want to talk. All right. Yeah, if he uh, if he reaches out to me again for whatever reason, I'll let him know that people are looking for him. You guys, we'd appreciate that. Now, uh, now that I'm thirty k richer and you got a little bit of uh, information to go with, I believe our business here is concluded, Fraggers. Yep. Good day. And she whoop floats on up the stairs. You really ought to do something about this step. As I, the how? <laughs> as the door opens and closes, and you hear them drive off. Finally, we're so. Good at this. <laughs> I can't believe that just worked. That never happens. And you wanted to settle for 50. Listen, I'm very happy that you negotiated a lower rate. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of first in this deal. We didn't have to do any extra work for it. We just had to pay New Yen. All right, I guess we look for this detective then. Sure. I'll take a look. <laughs> All right, scouring the Matrix. Probably checking into the Nexus while you're at it. You get to roll with a plus five. Four. 
Uh, yeah. In 15 minutes, you are able to bring up Detective Maria Silva's address. Oh, this is her address. Do we just go to her house? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have we tried to look up this mysterious assassin clan on your new country club? Oh, not on the country club. No. <laughs> oh, did you want me to look it up on the the Nexus? Seems like it couldn't hurt, right? All right. Maybe there's a big old file that's like the Mazashi clan and how to contact them. <laughs> Useful links and numbers. Oh, okay. Found a sword? Click here to return it. <laughs> I feel like... Oh, five. I mean, you can take more time to scour if you want, um, but... Uh, looking, looking over at least just for a quick scan, uh, you see some stuff about the Masashi clan, not a whole lot, um, but anytime they're brought up, it's kind of conflicting reports or someone says like, that's some Masashi drek right there, you know, to like talk about like, uh, you know, particular assassination, but, uh, uh, nothing in so far as how to contact the Masashi and not really any like discussions that specifically revolve around the Masashi. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think... In my free time, I'll look for more. Look for it more, but I think right now I'm. Yeah, if you're looking, if you're looking for anything that might be really, really hard to find, you're probably gonna need uh, uh, hours, yeah, possibly it's... like a, a good day's worth of searching. Yeah, I, I, not now. I think I'll do that later. Sure. Um, can I? Are we going to her house just right now? <laughs> it's the middle of the day. She's probably not there though, huh? I don't know. Cops get days off. How does that work? You just don't work some days? I don't know. I haven't had like a regular job in quite a while. I don't I don't know that I ever did. Look, I, I don't think a detective is gonna necessarily be willing to share info with a bunch of shadow runners, but they might be willing to share info with another detective. You're implying that you would impersonate a detective. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, mouse, yes. God. That's that would be me. Did I find out what precinct she, um... Yeah, I mean, Lone Star only has so much of the public sector security. And, uh, and she, they, she is part of a division of Lone Star that is actually public sector. Uh, she runs, uh, her jurisdiction is mostly limited to, uh, the industrial area of Auburn. Cool. Is there, like, a co-worker? <laughs> Um, at that point, you, you, I mean, you don't get anything about personal relations or anything like that. Okay. I mean, I, it might be better to be someone not from Lone Star. So, for example, if I was from Knight Errant or something and was kind of hot on the trail, you know, then she might not be so, so suspicious as far as why someone else from Lone Star is looking into the case without her knowledge. Wait, but they use anonymous sources, right? Do they do that sometimes? Probably. Just, like send her a, a message that's like, hey, we're looking into them too. Here's some info. And then and then we get info back. Does it work like that? <laughs> Usually sources don't get info back. Oh. This feels like we're maybe overthinking it. She's been working a case on the Masashi clan for who knows how long. We have a sword of theirs. She probably doesn't have a sword of theirs. I bet she'd like to see it. <laughs> we could show her the sword and she could tell us what she knows. Okay. Sure. Cool. So you guys go to Maria, Detective Maria Silva's home? 
I guess, unless would we know which which station she's in. Working? You do. Point of interest. You're We've all We've done a lot of crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely so. walking into a Lone Star precinct, not on the top of a Shadowrunner's to-do list. Right. I guess I, it's just never occurred to me that I could die. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we go to her house then. Okay. Uh, you guys drive there. She lives on the uh, 60th floor of a tall, you know, middle lifestyle building. There's so many floors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is, uh, in North, it's like right on the border of Northern Auburn and Southern Renton. Is it the top floor? Uh, no, no. This is a tall, like, skyscraper. It's like basically like a skyscraper that was supposed to be used for, like, business purposes. Um, but then it never really happened. And eventually they just, like, renovated it into, like, a really, really tall, like, high-rise, uh, apartment complex that is pretty affordable. So it's, like, not very renovated. Okay. What if we just... Went in and went up to the that floor. I thought that's what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like, that seems fine. I think that, yes, let's do that. We do that. Sure. Uh, the door is locked. Uh, there's a buzzer system if you want to try buzzing her. Um, otherwise, the door is locked with just a, a, a manual lock. Is the door glass? Uh, like some kind of. Can I see if there's, like, a desk with a security guard inside? Uh, you can see that there's not a desk with a security guard inside. Oh. This is, like, a pretty, like, middle-of-the-road, maybe almost low-end apartment complex. Okay. There's just, like, an elevator hub in the in the center area. And, like, a gym. This feels strangely difficult. Do we buzz her or just break in? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, run my hand down all the buzzers. <laughs> Okay, um, so you, and you get like half of the buzzers because the other half is on the other side of the threshold, <laughs> and you sit there for a second, and like there's just a bunch of like, and like the door just like buzzes, <laughs> so you guys can walk in. Cool. Why is it so hard to just go talk to a person? <laughs> you thought that was hard? No, I mean, like, yeah, like, I'm used to having to figure out if, you know, there's a bunch of turrets inside, or, like, <laughs> a man who shoots laser beams from his hands, <laughs> or, you know, robots with rockets. This just, just feels easy and strange. <laughs> this is a weird day. I get in the elevator. <laughs> uh, as you get up to the elevator, you guys do notice there's a camera looking at the entryway. Is it connected to anything? Yeah, I mean, can I matrix perception? <laughs> Yeah, you find a, uh, you have a good enough matrix perception. You find, uh, like, middle of the road, like, hidden wireless host here. Cool. Hey, can I buy the marks? Or Yeah, yeah. Okay. With your hacking and your, and your uh, yeah, you can easily just get your marks on it. Cool. Pop in and edit the cameras. Yeah, I do that. You guys disappear from all record. <laughs> I did it. That's going to be like a mech in her room, right? <laughs> <laughs> he says as you guys enter the elevator. <laughs> for 60 floors. <laughs> it's not a fast elevator. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then finally, bing, shh, and the door kind of like sticks for a second and then keeps opening. Oh, we brought the sword, by the way. Uh, yeah, you were mentioned that in the... Uh, cool, yeah. okay. 
I'm not riding it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys step onto the floor. Um, uh, you were able to look by the buzzer and see like that, like what apartment number she was. Uh, so we just go knock then. Yeah. You guys walk up. There's no response. Nothing. I'd like to a sense. Sure. Yeah, I'll matrix perception too. Sure. That's three hits. Uh, <clears throat> so standing there in the hallway, Nim, uh, you don't see this, seem to see any astral signature. As far as like the general like background count of the area, uh, it's not great. It's a little mushy. <laughs> That's how it feels. Uh, you know, the, the man is not really strong. You're pretty high up in the air. People who live here aren't particularly happy. They're not particularly sad. It's a lot of like mediocre, just like emotions. Meh. Yeah. This place feels very meh on the astral. <laughs> but uh, otherwise you don't see any, any like spirits or, or like signatures from like spells or I think there's like one door with a, with like a shitty mana barrier down the hall. <laughs> I got four hits. Okay, you get a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's comlings. There's there uh, any- entertainment systems. There's uh, that same host uh, that you that you already have marks on. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Okay. So, are there any guns? Uh, you pick up at least a dozen uh, smart linked guns. All right. Is the door locked? It is. It's a mag lock. Do we really want to break in? I knock again with the... No, not with the hilt of the sword. That seems rude. I knock again and say, uh, Detective Silver, we have some information about the Mizashi clan. You guys wait there for a little bit. No response. If she's not in, it wouldn't be a bad idea to take a look at her notes. Boomer, do you have um, that little looky-loo thing? An endoscope? Yeah. I mean, why don't we just use the fly spy? That way we can get the notes without breaking and entering. Under the door it goes. <laughs> the way, fly spy, away. <laughs> Crawls under the door. Uh, this is a two-bedroom, kind of cramped uh, apartment. Um, it's got a view of, the, of, of Auburn. Uh, it's, you know, a little messy. Um, and uh, go ahead and... Uh, Roll a perception test for me as you are directing the fly spy to try and find anything useful. And everyone else can roll a perception at a minus four to just if Bumbles, for whatever reason, misses something and you notice something that he doesn't. I'm going to edge that. Okay. It's not a one. Okay. No bad luck. I got four. Uh, Nim? I got no hits. No hits. All right. I got a two. I'm busy. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, between Boomer and Bumbles, uh, you guys are able to kind of like find, uh, where her desk is set up in her bedroom. Uh, it's kind of like a little uncomfortably close to the bed. Like, you know, it doesn't really fit in the room very well. Um, and, uh, up there on like a, on a board, you see a bunch of, um, a bunch of like pins. She's got a crazy person board. No, it's not that crazy of a crazy person board, but definitely pins linked to, uh, linked to notes that she's writing herself. Um, and, uh, uh, you definitely see, like, uh, closed, uh, uh, terminal on that desk, uh, with other, like, sticky notes 
set around. Um, the notes have like nothing you can really like use. Some of it's like Mazashi question mark blah, blah blah, and it's like uh, you see like certain dates that are like have these notes on them, um, and like you know it's like Auburn Yakuza stuff like that, um, and then you see like uh, uh, you you assume probably and uh, that any information she has is not going to be like just laying out. It's probably going to be on that, uh, that data pad that's sitting on the desk. Uh, so I think we break in then. Now let's get the cameras. There's no cameras on this floor. Oh. What? Uh, this is not a very good apartment building. I'm not used to this. This has been a very weird day. Right. <laughs> so I'll get the lock then. Sure. It is a, uh, it's a card mag lock. So you're going to need to use your, uh, your fake key card. All right. And you didn't pick up any alarms, right, Mouse? Nope. It's almost like this uh, apartment building, uh, with the exception of its height, just stepped out of like 2008. <laughs> Seven. You uh, you managed to to code that card correctly. Swipe it. Beep. Chink. Door opens up. All right. Let's go in. I follow Boomer. Yep. Uh, Cool. Uh, you all walk in, shut the door behind you, uh, and um, you get into the uh, bedroom. You see the notes. You can look around in the drawers. Mouse, if you want to interact with the data pad. I do. Okay. It's not uh, It's not wirelessly enabled, so you're going to have to plug into it. I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if anyone else wants to, like, rummage around, it's perception tests. Uh, and then, uh, Mouse, uh, this data pad is uh, rating four. Okay. I got a form perception. Okay. I got a five. All right. I got a two. Cool. Uh, Nim, you find where she stashes at least one gun uh, near in her uh, nightstand. Um, Bumbles, you go into the kitchen. It's lightly stocked, mostly soy paste. Um, it does have a bottle of whiskey in it. Uh, and... Um, Otherwise, nothing too spectacular. Uh, some dirty dishes in the sink. Uh, Boomer, uh, you rummage around on the de- in the desk that uh, the data terminal is on. Um, the, the desk also has a trip projector that seems plugged into the data terminal. Um, and uh, you look through the drawers. You find a, a bunch of uh, printouts of, uh, of um, basically like news articles um, ranging back uh, a little while now, um, some of which involve the Yakuza, all of which involve death. I'll take some pictures. I read all of them. Sure. Uh, Bumbles, you've joined Boomer. Boomer's taking pictures. You're reading. Um, uh, Mouse, what'd you get on your hacking? Um, six, but I also glitched. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to spend an edge to not glitch. Okay. Okay. So just six hits, no glitch. Yeah. You spend an edge, um, and uh, you get your three marks, and uh, uh, you can see that you can this this right now the settings on this uh, uh, data terminal are uh, set to interface with that trip projector, so that you can uh, when you turn it on, it just projects a bunch of like three uh, a bunch of three D images. Uh, an AR display that's not part of your personal area network. Uh, instead, just like, a, you know, 3D items that you can move around. Okay. Easily the one of the most expensive things in this apartment. All right. Um, I guess I'll copy all the data. 
Sure. And then I'll turn it on. Yeah. Uh, so as you as you copy the data, you turn it on, and it just like brings up a screen with a bunch of different options. Uh, they're kind of floating around you in the middle of the room, and you can walk around and like press on different things. Uh, with your access, you are able to see all the files. This does look like a collection of case files. This is obviously a work terminal that she uses. Cool. Are you looking for anything in particular? Um, well, I guess uh, s- stuff about the Mizashi. Sure. Is, does this connect to Lone Star? Uh, no, no. Okay. This is not wirelessly enabled, like I said. Oh, right. Seems like we should get stuff and leave and not stay here, right? Yeah, let's read this up. We are in a cop's apartment. Okay. If we can download it and read it later, it seems safer. Okay. I Well, I, I download it. Yep. And then I turn it off. <laughs> sure. And I'm ready to go. Yeah. All right. We got, we got pictures. We got all the info. Let's get out of here. We leave. I put everything back exactly the way it was. Okay. Roll disguise to do so. Hey, Nim. (laughs) Yeah? Can you do exactly what I tell you and disguise this apartment as if we were never here? Sure. Uh, I I tell her exactly how it was when we walked in. Sure. Between your photographic memory and her attention to detail, uh, you're able to uh, probably get this thing set up. Go ahead and roll uh, disguise, Nim. Three hits. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Bumbles points out, like, no, that was turned clockwise, like, by this many degrees. And you're like, well, there's an obvious footprint in the carpet here. Let's smooth that out, that kind of stuff. Uh, and you guys kind of mask your presence, as it were. All right. Let's skedaddle. Can we look through the people before we leave? <laughs> Just make sure no one's coming down the hallway. Yeah. You guys look through. You don't see anyone through the people. Cool. We leave. All right. The elevator is not there. It's on its way up. Okay. Are there stairs? Yes. Maybe let's, you know, go down a few floors and then get on the elevator. <laughs> or is there a second elevator? Uh, not to, not to this floor. Uh, seems like there's only one elevator that goes up this high. I don't mean like the whole way down. Like a few floors. I, I don't know. I'm almost, uh, I'd almost rather the stairs than that. Damn elevator. <laughs> do, 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 do. Frag. <laughs> um, was there, uh, was there a, a camera in the elevator? No. The only camera you, you was... saw was the one that pointed at the entryway just to see everyone that walks into the building. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go down the stairs, I guess. Sure. You guys go. Go down a couple of flights. You get there and you wait at the elevator in that area. And uh, you see the elevator pass you and stop at floor 60. And then you've called it. So it comes down and picks you up. Cool. We get back in the car and leave. Yeah. You guys go down. Mouse is able to edit you through the camera again. Mm-hmm. And you guys hop in the car. Should we, like, get ice cream? I feel like we've done very well today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will hop in um, my seat in the Valkyrie unit and start um, analyzing this and seeing what I get. Cool. Uh, Roll uh, Matrix Perception for me. There's a lot of data in here. So if you're trying to find anything specific, you're going to want to notice it. Seems like she she doesn't like label things super clearly. Like once you start to like get the idea of it, you're like, oh, I think okay, yeah, oh, I see. That's that's like 
the first three letters of the day and then like uh like the year and then like a five letter thing that like makes sense now that I've read what's inside there, that kind of stuff. But it doesn't seem like a universal system that she's using to organize all this. Um, six. Cool. Uh, despite all that, you are able to um, find uh, kind of what you're looking for. <clears throat> uh, she does seem to have... Uh, so uh, basically what you were able to glean from this is that um, a lot of this revolves around the death of her partner, Zachariah Wells. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of files that link specifically to like the article, like announcing his death and then like all of the case files for that, like in that scene, um, it seems like, uh, Zachariah and a couple Yakuza, uh, higher ups were taken out, uh, and she believes it was the Mizashi clan. Um, uh, and then she has like personal margins, like written on the side of each of these case files. Um, and, uh, one of them specifically, uh, like, or, and the general feel you get from those is that like, she's very confused as to why Zachariah was at that meet. Uh, she doesn't seem to understand what, why that's a thing. Uh, that's like, that's like step one to what's bothering her and what she seems to be investigating. Like, why was Zachariah there? She has a bunch of stuff on her partner. She has a bunch of stuff on like that particular meet and all the people who were at that meet. She's trying to figure out what was going on, why her partner was there. Doesn't seem to make any sense. Uh, apparently they were investigating Yakuza activity in Auburn together. Um, but, uh, uh, and, and like from all, as far as the data looks, it looks like her partner was like, straightforward everything they were doing was fine didn't seem like anything was going hinky like all of their operations went smoothly and everything and then all of a sudden he's just like hanging out with the yakuza bosses and gets killed by this mazashi clan um the official report uh about that hit uh was that it was yakuza uh yakuza on yakuza violence um but silva very clearly seems to think that for whatever reason the mazashi clan is uh is involved um and uh it actually shows um like pictures from the scene uh and you see the the wakazashi that uh you guys have or at least one that looks identical to it uh stabbed into somebody on the scene and then like a little while later she like circles it and then there's like a similar photo the one that's like posted on the like on the reports and uh she's circled and the the, the wakazashi's not there anymore inside that body and so uh, she obviously like zoomed in the image to like get a uh, try to like get a really good look at the Wakazashi, noticed the symbol, and that got her on the trail to the Mizashi clan. Which uh, then, uh, whatever poking around she's been doing, uh, she seems to be uh, targeting a specific person. You see some vague images of a dwarf, um, a, a dwarf-sized person um, that seems, and she seems to. It's a whole other file labeled D'Artagnan, uh, and it links this D'Artagnan character to uh, a whole slew of, uh, of jobs, all of which revi- uh, revolve around some form of wet work, uh, definitely a high body counts. Um, most of the images are, are scrubbed. Like it's like weird, like side cameras where you get like a glimpse and she's like, I think that's him. I think that's him. It's all like, all of these have the same MO, you know, people dismembered by a katana, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, every time it's like, you know, clean in and out, she's not able to like really ID the guy. Um, but she does, uh, for whatever reason, she seems pretty sure that he is called D'Artagnan. Then, uh, you find something just a little disconcerting. Uh, you see some familiar names. 
and you uh, realize uh, that they are the names of some of the women from that Bunraku parlor. And they seem to be statements that uh, Silva gathered after hunting them down. Um, seems like she was working on an angle to uh, approach Takeo because she, for some reason, thought that like she kind of traced the the Wakazashi back to him through various like small things and like and uh, lots of like eyewitness reports and stuff, and so she was trying to figure out a way to like pinch him and like get something on him so that she could you know drill him for for, for information, and um, obviously you guys took out Takeo and his uh, budding Bunraku parlor, um, and uh, she was able to track down uh, three of the women who were supposed to be at that Bunraku parlor. She got statements from them, trying to figure out what happened. Um, and they didn't have a whole lot. Obviously, their memory's a little fuzzy about it, um, but she is able to piece together rough descriptions of you guys. Except I looked like Takeo. Except for Nim. <laughs> that could be anyone. <laughs> uh, though she does know that there is someone who can uh, some, like mage question mark like illusionist question mark because she knows Takeo is dead <laughs> um, but she she doesn't she doesn't know specifically um, uh, much about you Nim uh, but uh, yeah they they mention uh, not only rough descriptions of you but your street names as well We've done a lot of crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Surely lots of cops have rough descriptions of us. Boomer was in mil-spec armor when the women saw him. Yeah, but it's, uh, uh, it says like mouse, question mark, hacker, uh, girl, you know, female human, blue hair, cyber arm. Uh, and, and then it says uh, bumbles, elf, silver hair, uh, and it says driver, and then rigger, question mark, and then... Uh, mage, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, illusionist, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, uh, uh, not Takeo, bunch of underlines. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, boomer, orc, question mark, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Second nerd. uh, and it's like, you know, it's saying like, I like the reports for that's like, he was like, you know, this tall and this broad. And she's like, well, that's not human dimensions. <laughs> but he was in Millspec armor when and they saw super him. super so. handsome. <laughs> they, you were wearing a mask the whole time. You were wearing Millspec armor. They're well, like, if they saw under that mask, they'd know. Super handsome. <laughs> that's what it'd say on there. Yes, that's guess. exactly what it says on uh, there, Boomer. And, and next to it's like Thank it's you, like Boomer. Yeah. It says Boomer, question, uh, Boomer uh, Samurai. And then it, underneath that in small letters, crossed out Mizashi. <laughs> Um, oh, that's just racist. <laughs> and uh, and then an orc question mark, you know, and then like dimensions. Uh, Let's go home. <laughs> I think I don't think this is a problem. This seems like more of a problem for her than anyone else. I mean, surely Eva's going to hunt her down. Right. Right. Not if if you think that's going to happen. Do we want to do something about that? We could tip her off We're that not. perhaps this is not a great thread to pull on for reasons other than her clearly corrupt partner. Well, 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 hold on. Hear me out. It's going to sound crazy. What if we just talked to her? What if we actually made contact with her? She obviously knows who we are. Obviously, she knows our involvement with rescuing the girls. Maybe. Just maybe. I mean, we could call her. That seems good. Yeah. I call her. Yeah, on the same on the same Lone Star listing that you found her address, there is a contact number. 
Um, and uh, it rings a little bit. Uh, and you hear uh, a comlink pick up. Uh, and uh, there's like hustle and bustle noise in the in the background. Uh, hard lines ringing. Um, and you hear uh, Detective Silva. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm sorry. Who is this? Nim. 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 <laughs> Hello. Is um, anyone there? Hey. Oh. Uh. Com- uh hi. Sorry about the surprise. Um, I want to. How can I help you? So I'd like to use Takeo's voice. Okay. And say, this is Takeo, or you know, you know me as is not Takeo. My my friends and I got a, a little information from some of our, let's go with colleagues, that, um, that we have become persons of interest in your case against the Mizashi. Oh, um, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. So, not Takeo, what do I call you? Just go with not Takeo for now until we know what she wants. I think the pseudonym is fine for now. Obviously, you can understand that we don't really want you poking around in our identities too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can. I can understand the uh, the need for secrecy. Uh, all right. Um, how did you uh, find out about my case? Like I said, we've got some some colleagues that are kind of in the know that we pay to be in the know. Hmm. Um. And what exactly is it you want? Well, uh, we happen to be interested in the Mizashi as well, and we thought that we could come to a, a mutual agreement, a, a win-win situation, both for you and for us. Ah, and uh, what exactly does that agreement uh, look like to you? From, from our side, it might look like the Wakazashi that's been used in the crimes you're investigating. Interesting. So, not only have you killed Takeo and taken his voice, uh, you stole his property. Good, good. We're getting we're getting somewhere. Um, oh, I can't do anything on this Metalink, right? What do you mean? It, it can't hold like a program or anything, can no, it? No, it no. cannot. <laughs> cool. Idea night. Let's wrap it up. She can trace this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Look, I think you guys are on the move at the moment. You're driving. This is like on the I've way. I've done enough crimes to know how to drive around while you're talking to cops. Yeah. Even then, though, Mouse, you're pretty sure uh, they've probably been able to. They're either probably about to trace this call or have already traced this call at this point. Look, this is risky business, and I'm not just saying that to save my own hide. I really am trying to, to figure out a solution that would be best for both of us. If you are interested, I'm going to shoot her some, the, I guess, not the coordinates to your safe house. That would be stupid. That is Ice cream safe. place. Ice cream place so we can get some after. <laughs> <laughs> I will shoot her the coordinates to Cold Soy Creamery. Yes. <laughs> and say... If you're really interested in talking, you won't bring Lone Star down on us. Okay, yeah. And I'll, I'll hang up. Okay. <laughs> I break I break the uh, metal link and I throw it out the window. Sure. Okay. I drive to an ice cream store. <laughs> I hand Nim the wakizashi and I say, Nim, good luck. Thanks, Boomer. <laughs> I do what I can. We'll be standing by to pull your ass out if needed. 
I appreciate it. All right, you guys are smack dab in the middle of Renton. Uh, what? Uh, uh, what's what's the what's like the the layout here as you wait for this detective to show? I turn on all the jammers. Okay. Yeah, you can you can make uh, you can make spot a veritable black spot in the uh, in the matrix. Yeah, if we're gonna do this, then all the uh, noisquitos jammers go on as well. Sure. Was spot in the uh, any of the case pictures? Uh, not pictures, but I mean, one of the witnesses were like they drove the drugs. Spot's dr- not particularly conspicuous in terms of other than it's very large. It's a large black vehicle, which is like that's what she has in the report. It's like there was a driver. He drove. Cosmetically, Spot doesn't look any different than a Rover 2072. Yeah. And then it's like, and then a large Rover 2072 is like, anyone could have that. It's a large black, basically it's a Hummer 3, but a lot of people in this world have Hummer 3s. <laughs> so, so Spot's not particularly conspicuous and the reports don't have anything that like directly like uh, implicates Spot like in some unique way. Uh, the West Wind is slightly implicated. Right, but that's because it's rad. <laughs> Bumbles, do you have do you have a bomb casing with you without <clears throat> the bomb in it? I can just take apart a grenade. Oh, because if we stick it under the table, we can pretend like it's a real bomb if things go sideways. It gives us time, right? Or is that a bad idea? That's a bad idea. I don't like it. That's a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I like where your head's at, Mouse. I would have used a real bomb, but... Sure. Well, no, because we don't want to... She's... I I don't want to kill any Lone Star people. No, right, we don't use it, but... You know, whatever. I, we'll, we're on the same page here. Yeah, <laughs> I park inconspicuously away... But close enough to be there in a pinch if cool. they try to arrest you. Uh, this is less about your ability to drive and more about your ability to sneak. So go ahead and roll stealth. Oh, no. But uh, you're not limited by your physical necessarily. It's more like a mental test, honestly. Can I use a mental attribute for that then? Uh, yeah, we'll call it a, uh, an intuition test. Uh, Mouse and Bumbles uh, and Boomer, you guys all sitting in the car while Nim goes into the so i my my face definitely doesn't look like my face because i don't go out in my face that's correct um do i i feel like i'm probably still just wearing my clothing okay so i'd like to cast fashion just to kind of do a, a randomly generated outfit of mundane person sure Sure, yeah, and you're going to want to roll disguise uh, so that she can't see through your get get any like idea of what you may look like underneath the underneath the fake face. Great. I'll do that. I spent a lot of time putting on my face this morning. My disguise is 9. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you look like? I look like uh, a very pale woman with jet black hair. Um, I'll say in a bob. Sure. The bob. And, uh, sure, let's add some piercings, an eyebrow piercing, a couple of nose rings. Sure, yeah. You look like a lot of people in Seattle. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I, like, patrol the, see if, uh, or I just want to, like, continually, like, matrix perception to sure. see what's 
going on. Yeah, go ahead and roll that. Uh, let's let's roll that at a minus two just for the fact that you're in kind of a spam zone right now. Ooh, can I reduce the noise first? It's different for a spam zone. Zone. Okay. And uh, Nim, you and under your disguise, go and get a cone of soy cream. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So uh, while Mouse is uh, finishing up her matrix perception, um, you guys see there's like uh, like uh, there's like four parking spots outside the cold soy, um, and after about like an hour, uh, you're sitting there, Nim. You've you know gotten two cones of ice cream <laughs> you're just kind of hanging out uh and uh it's, you know it's a little bit of tension you're not 100 percent sure she's gonna show and then uh, a nissan jackrabbit pulls up and parks in one of the spots in front of the cold soy and uh out steps uh detective maria silva as you saw her in her uh in her lone star profile um she's in plain clothes um, she steps out of the car. She has to kind of slam the door twice to get it to f- stick shut. Uh, and, um, she, uh, uh, she has, uh, kind of a light brown skin. Her hair's, uh, pulled back into like a messy ponytail. Um, her plain clothes are pretty plain. Uh, just like, you know, jeans, a leather jacket and, uh, like button up underneath, um, she looks around a little bit and then steps into the, uh, the cold soy. Over the DNI, I'll kind of ask, does it look like she's alone? I got five hits on my matrix perception. Okay. Um, so, uh, you see her cars. Uh, you also see her, uh, you're able to hone in on like her comm link. Um, uh, which, uh, as she steps into the cold soy, she turns it off. Uh, and then, uh, nothing else out of the Matrix seems particularly, like, interesting. It's, it's hard, because not only is there a lot of traffic in this area, uh, you are, like, in kind of a markety area. So, like, you're getting hit with a lot of ads that you have to, like, move out of the way. You have to, like, set up spam filters that then the ads automatically find ways to bypass. So you have to set up new fa- spam filters. Um, so it's a bit annoying. But even with that... You know, the weapons you get seem to, like, come and go. The comlinks you get, none of them seem like military issue. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones. But there's nothing in the Matrix that, like, stands out. You see, like, a couple more cyber decks. But, like, you scan them and they don't... They're not They're not great decks. One's, like, almost as good as yours. But you would expect Lone Star to be packing something at least the same as yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the matrix goes, it seems clear. Okay. Uh, it looks all clear here. She seems alone. Yeah. Uh, Boomer and I don't, I guess, is there a way Boomer and Bumbles are watching this scene? Fly spy. And mouse? Yeah. If you're using a fly spy, you can roll Boomer and Bumbles. You can roll a visual perception test as the fly spy kind of like keeps an overall lay of the area. I got another four. I got one. I'm very bored. <laughs> Bumbles gets back to work on his so you gotta kill a Decker uh, schematics. 
They're getting out of hand. Uh, I think I can make a gun that can shoot the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Boomer, you're looking around. You do see a uh, night errant car pull up to a stop nearby. Keep driving. Uh, you don't see anything. Uh, you specifically pay attention to anyone walking around who might be like cops in plain clothes, like scoping out the joint. But no one seems to linger. There's like one person on the corner who's standing for a little while and you're like a little concerned. And then eventually like his uh, his his like grid guide taxi like shows up and he gets in it and drives off. Yep, nothing to report yet. What is Maria doing? Uh, she looks around. She looks at everybody. She looks at you. And then she goes up, orders uh, soy cream and uh, sits down at a table that faces the door. I want to wait for a good 10 or 15 minutes and just see if she pulls out her comm link or any meta links. She does anything. She seems alert. She's watching everyone. Uh, You're going to want to roll etiquette to make it not obvious that you're watching her. Four hits. Yeah. You look like any other person in a cold soy. All right. After a couple of minutes, I will uh, stand up and toss out my napkin. And as I'm tossing out my napkin... Just kind of slip into the other side of the booth at her table. She straightens up and looks at you. Hello. Hi. Glad you finally showed. Hmm. Not to KO, I presume? That'll do for now. She kind of chuckles. Uh, and she goes, you yeah, know, we could, uh, if you got information on the case, uh, you can come into the station. We can uh, take a statement. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that how you get info from most of your sources? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, uh, a detective like you, I thought you might be a little more streetwise that that's not how this is going to go down. Well, first things first, uh, you said you had something that of interest to me. I'd like to make sure you weren't bluffing. I will pull out the sword. Okay. You, like, set the duffel bag in between you two, unzip it. She gets a look at it. She can see the, uh, the Mazashi symbol on it. And she goes, okay. So, you come walking in uh, to talk to a detective. After implicating yourself in multiple crimes, and now you're holding a murder weapon in a uh, from a case that involves the death of a Lone Star officer. I'm very interested to hear what you have to say for yourself. If I was that kind of person and I wanted you dead, do you really think we'd be talking? Depends. In my, uh, in my experience, uh, killers always have very different motivations from each other can never really quite predict them until you get to know them. So tell me about yourself. I think what would be more interesting here is an exchange of information between us. You don't need to know anything about us. This, this comes with a warning in that the, the road that you're going down, it doesn't lead to a good end to you. And that's not honest to God. You know, I'm I'm great at lying, and that's not me lying. I, I'm not doing this to to try to save just me. Sounds almost like a threat. Uh, yeah, it, I'm very threatening asking you to meet me in a cold soy creamery. You're right. Well, uh, if you and your crew are as capable as I uh, can expect, given the scene uh, from uh, about a month ago, uh, I don't imagine anywhere in the city is particularly safe. I send like a high five emoji to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
you do have a you do have that sword. Um, what other information could you possibly have that interests me? If you're not somehow linked to all these killings, what uh, what makes you connected to them? Look, I I don't know what happened with your partner, and I'm very sorry about that because I can tell you what I've got personal experience with a a partner turning on me, and it's it's not pleasant. But we are looking for the Mizashi. He didn't turn on me. I don't buy it. Well, uh, it's possible that in our... If we can find the Mizashi, and if we can get the info we want, we might also be able to get info that would extricate your partner from these allegations. Uh, go ahead and roll negotiation. Uh, you can take a plus two because you do have a sword that she's very much interested in and uh, you are offering her something that she very much wants. Six hits. She leans back, takes a, takes a mouthful of her soy cream, thinks better of it and sets it down. <laughs> and she goes, all right. Uh, I'm listening. Do you have... Uh, Anything uh, you've learned so far? This D'Artagnan fellow. What else can you tell me about him? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and uh, just judging on the things you've been saying and uh, just kind of throw out. I don't think there's anything I can tell you that you haven't already uh, looked up. I have a feeling you've taken a peek at my case files, not Takeo. <laughs> Can't reveal my sources, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, beyond what's in the case files, I don't really have much. Uh, I don't have that many contacts in the shadow community, of course, until today. And she, like, kind of grins at you. Um, so I haven't been able to dig much up on him. Uh, it took a lot just to get a name. Uh, and that was about all of the favors I could cash in. From there on out, I've just been trying to get an ID on the guy. Who'd you get that name from? I can't reveal my sources either. But low level. Not, not, really, a, not really someone that plays the scene very high. I've thoroughly checked that source. I'm pretty sure that's all he can give us. From what I can tell, he's been working in the shadows for quite some time now. Uh, doesn't seem to do it with an excessive amount of frequency, so I don't think that's his, uh, his, his only, uh, uh, his only source of income, uh, unless he lives in a shack somewhere. It's not out of the question. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if this Mizashi clan is, uh, is really real, gotta say, uh, you know, sometimes feel like I'm barking up the wrong tree. No one really seems able or willing to uh, confirm or deny the existence of this mysterious clan. Uh, all, I's got, all I have to really prove anything is that sword. Might actually uh, get my uh, sergeant off my back. He's wanted me to drop this case for months now. I will deny the group. Give it the sword. <laughs> <laughs> How does everyone else feel about that? I genuinely don't know what to do to proceed with our undertaking at this point in time. I've just been sort of target locking a car for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just give her the sword. First one's free. Maybe she can get some more information off of that. Yeah, I think an effort of good faith would do us 
some good here. I just don't know how concerned we are about getting this horde back to its correct owner. I'm not concerned about it at all right now. Make sure you tell her if someone asks for it to give it to them very politely. <laughs> yeah, do give that warning. I will do that. Well, Maria, uh, as a as a show that we're honestly not trying to threaten you, uh, you can take the sword with you. I have been told that should someone ask you politely for the sword, you should definitely give it to them. So... I would just keep that in mind. No, 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 no. She is to politely give them the sword. Right. They may not ask politely. <laughs> uh, I've I've been told if someone asks for the sword, you should politely give it to them. Interesting. Well, then I suppose I'm asking for it. No, she doesn't get this. <laughs> I don't. She's not getting it. Hello, she's not getting it. Maybe <laughs> if the owner of the sword asks for it, give it to them politely. <laughs> Just be cool. <laughs> they kill people with swords for a living. It's just common sense. Really. I, I'm, I'm giving you the sword. Just should the, the true owner come looking for it, it's not worth your life, is what I'm trying to say. Message received, not to Takeo. <laughs> So, if we're uh, working on the same investigation from two different angles, you're not after uh, you're not trying to find out information about my partner, uh, but we're both looking for this D'Artagnan fellow. Uh, what have you learned so far? We've learned things similar to to what you know that they're not a clan to be messed with, and that. Uh, there's not a lot of forthcoming information on them that people like to talk around them rather than about them. As far as I can recall, the only thing we've learned that she hasn't said is that D'Artagnan arranged for Boonin's escape. Yep. I don't see a good reason to not give her that. Oh, let's go ahead and tell her. But then what if she wants to know about why we care about that guy? I think Mouse is right. I think if she learns about Boonin, she's she's gonna that's gonna lead her into trouble. She's already in trouble. You really think that she's gonna drop it once she gets a new name? I don't think she's gonna drop it ever. She's done this for months without finding really anything of substance. Devil's advocate. The only other thing that we we really know for sure is that D'Artagnan has been connected to some coyotes in arranging exfiltrations. Um, what, what, uh, what exfiltrations? Like corporate exfils? Yeah, the only one that we know about is Isaac Boonin. We think maybe there's more. We're not really sure. The, the Evo rep that went missing? That was an exfiltration. He's an expat. Huh. Uh, and and you, you think D'Artagnan was in on that? We we know that he was in on that. That is very different from his usual M.O. Uh, so far, every case I've been able to tie him to has been a lot of quiet deaths. Um, if he was going to kill Boonin, he would just do that. He wouldn't need to exfiltrate him. Interesting. Uh, who, who organized the exfiltration? Can't give you that. That would be telling. Again, about sources. We, you know, you, you know, that. I know. Uh, roll negotiation. 
five hits. She seems frustrated with this and, like, grits her teeth, and she goes, that would be very helpful to my investigation uh, to know uh, uh, who to keep an eye on in case D'Artagnan tries to work with them again. I know, but we're shadow runners, and if I burn a source, hell's going to come down on me. You got to get that. Well, then, uh, I presume, uh, given your gesture of good faith, she actually reaches over and gets the duffel bag in her hand and pulls it over to her side and sets it by her chair. I can expect you to potentially keep tabs on that source. You seem competent enough at what you do. I imagine uh, if D'Artagnan rears his head, uh, I'll be hearing from you. Yes, and can I assume the same? Should you come across any new info? I believe so. I think we have a deal then. We'll reach out my hand. She looks at your hand, looks at you, and goes, I ain't calling you Natakeo anymore. Give me a name, hon. You can call me Sibylline. All right, Sib. And she reaches out and uh, takes your hand, shakes it. Uh, and she goes, give my regards to Mouse, Boomer, and Bumbles, will you? I'll do that. And she uh, stands up, grabs the duffel bag, and uh, uh, walks out. I assume Nim waits an appropriate amount of time. Yep. I drive an inconspicuous distance away, pick her up, and we go home. Sure. Yep. Given your previous perception test, matrix perceptions, uh, you see her get in the jackrabbit. Uh, she sits there for a second. She turns back on her comlink mouse mm-hmm. and drives off. I send her the number for a metalink. It anonymously appears on her comm link. Sure. There's no response or anything, but you send it. Yeah. She can't respond. It's anonymous. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I give it to Nim, and I say, don't turn it on very often, and don't leave it on for a long time. Will do. And uh, you guys go back to the manor after, you know, Doing the appropriate uh, drive around aimlessly in case you're being followed. Make sure there's not a tail. There's no tail. You go back to the manor. Yeah, I like, I don't know. I put on a movie or something. (laughs) Sitting here for an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, you guys make it back to the manor. Um, You debrief with Bryn. He does go, um, he's like, ah, working with a Lone Star detective. Ballsy. It's good that you didn't uh, give up freight. That could cause problems for both the detective and ourselves. So uh, it seems like you guys covered your tracks well enough. Uh, I'll make sure, uh, I mean, between Mouse and I, I think we can double check, triple check, make sure there's no more dirt to dig up on this uh, Silva. And uh, yeah, um, I guess the next step is to really try to find this D'Artagnan. He's the only lead we got, right? Yeah. Um, can I reach out to Freya? Sure. You do so. And ask her if she knows a runner named Dart or D'Artagnan, a dwarf. Uh, so phone rings a little bit. <clears throat> Mouse, honey, how's it going? Um, okay. How are you? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Uh, how can I be of service? Um... You still running around with Doc? Haven't heard from that fella in a while. He's keeping busy. I, I heard he, he vacated his uh, clinic. I thought maybe uh, something happened to him. He just relocated? Yeah. That's I'll good. tell him to call. That'd be great. I miss the uh, 
the old bastard every once in a while. Mostly, I'm glad not to have to deal with him, but he was good at patching up my boys. Anyways, um, you didn't call the chat about Doc, uh, or maybe you did, but how can I help? I'm looking for another runner. Okay. You got and a name? Yeah. Um, D'Artagnan or Dart? I can look into it. I uh, don't know if I've met him myself, but uh, uh, might be some of my people know him. Uh, should I be worried about this guy? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, not any more than any other shadow runner. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, he's a he's a, a sword guy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the term you're looking for, street samurai, darling. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yes. Um, is, uh, is this something you want to know when you're looking for this guy, or should I be a little more discreet? Um, I, I mean, I guess it's okay. I, I mean, like, not like, hi, this is Mouse, and she's looking for this guy, but, like, if people are like, I'm not saying anything until I know what's up, then, like, yeah. Sure, um... Uh, shoot me one of your uh, one of your burner comlinks, and uh, I'll give anyone with any uh, info that number. Okay. If I find anything, I'll uh, look around for you, though, hon. Thanks, Freya. What is her connection rating? Five. Uh, anyone else doing anything? Do I think Yama might know who this D'Artagnan fellow is? Worth checking. I guess I'll ring him up. Boomer, how are you doing? Oh, Yama. I'm all right. Uh, we're just uh, pulling on some threads here. Uh, does the name D'Artagnan ring a bell, Mizashi clan? Mm, no, I've, uh, I haven't had any direct contact with the Mizashi clan myself. But uh, I'll ask around discreetly and see if uh, I can get any information on this uh, D'Artagnan character, you said? Yes, either D'Artagnan or Dart. Uh, apparently he's a dwarf, street Sam, uh, linked to the Mizashi. All right. Uh, I'll see what I can find out for you. Thanks, Gemma. No problem. We should grab a drink uh, sometime. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It's uh, uh, It's been crazy. I'll tell you all about it if I'm ever fragging free. Mm, busy, busy man. Uh, idle hands are the devil's plaything, so consider yourself lucky. Yeah, agreed. I'll catch up with you some other time, mate. All right. You'll be hearing from me soon, one way or the other. I'll find out what I can. Thanks, mate. Uh, anyone else doing anything? Um, do we have, like, a job now? Or are we just sort of waiting for Bryn and Mouse to do their thing? Yeah, at the moment, you guys don't really have a threat until you can talk to this D'Artagnan guy. All right, um... The bike D'Artagnan was on, was it like a sport bike or was it a... a, a uh, no, it was, uh, it was a Harley. All right. Under the loose pretense of dwarves on Harleys, I'll call Magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Bubbles? Pretty good. Today's been just a very weird and very easy day. And I haven't gotten to do anything very fun. Do you want to hang out and blow things up? Yeah. Door's always open. Cool. Um, do you know a dwarf named D'Artagnan? He's a runner. He's a street samurai. He's a dwarf. He rides a Harley. 
and like swords. Sounds like a cool cat. I do not know him. Cool. <laughs> I'll meet you in the appropriate number of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go hang out with Magnitude and Redmond. You guys blow up a building. There's no one in it. It's just one of the shitty buildings of Redmond. You guys blow it up. It's a good time. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> Before Mouse hears back from Freya as to whether or not she finds anything, like the next day, Yama gets a hold of you, Boomer. Ah, hoy. All right, Boomer. Uh, as far as this D'Artagnan character goes, um, he's definitely worked in the shadows for a while. A uh, couple people have heard of him. Apparently, he's very good with a sword. As far as uh, location, I couldn't get a bead on that, um, nor anything he currently has going on. Uh, he doesn't work with or for the Yakuza, specifically. Um, but uh, I was able to uh, perhaps procure a, a bridge of communication. I might be able to reach out and get him to contact you. Yeah, sure. All um, right. Here's a uh, here's a burner. Have him call this one. Will do. All right. You busy later? This evening? Not particularly. Karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> I hang up and I uh, notify everybody I might have a lead on dots. And, sure. and then I'm going to karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn's like... Sounds like fun. <laughs> About half an hour later, uh, that Metalink rings. Blocked number. Yeah, of course. Hoi. I uh, hear you've been looking for me. Well, depends on who this is. Name's D'Artagnan, friend. Who are you? Ah. Well, Mr. D'Artagnan, we just had some uh, questions. Uh, you can either talk over over this or we can meet in person uh i don't quite like talking over the phone meeting up in person sounds good all right well let's uh i have a location oh all uh, right some coordinates pop up on the call he's like when would you like to meet where is it uh you look at it it is in southern bellevue um uh right off of highway 405 uh you know, not like so. Bellevue, the southern part of Bellevue, is like security level C, basically. Uh, there's a few gangs that roam around there. Um, not, uh, not super, uh, super high sec. Like the response time isn't so great. Not a lot of rich people there. Um, Mouse's uh, old apartment was like one of the nicer buildings in that area. I want a DNI. Does meeting an assassin at his place? Is that really the best course of action? <clears throat> I mean, when you zoom in closer to, like, when you get more intel on exactly the coordinates, it is at a bar. It's like a roadhouse off of the highway. I mean, I was just about to suggest a bar anyway. And that's not a bad one, by any means. So when would you like to meet? What time is it now? Two in the afternoon. Would uh, in about two hours be reasonable? I can get there by then. All right. We will meet you there. And then uh, I'll hang up. Well, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I'm just going to point out again that he's an assassin. But yeah, okay. <clears throat> Boomer looks at you with raised eyebrows. Yeah, but I, I didn't mean it like that, Boomer. I, he's not an assassin, <clears throat> I know. 
He's, he's, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> I just remembered. Today's the day. <laughs> Bumbles goes running to lock him in grass. <laughs> I need to make a stop on the way to meet this assassin. <laughs> Uh, as Bumbles uh, quickly goes uh, to um, Larkham and Greps, hello, Bumbles. Hi, guys. You seem in a rush. Yeah, I'm going to go meet an assassin. Oh, that sounds like fun. Who knows? <laughs> Here's your belt and your suit. Thank you very much. You have the loner suit. I'm going to need your changing room. Okay. <laughs> uh, around that time, uh, Mouse, do you get a call back from Freya? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Mouse, darling, I've been uh, asking around. Everyone I can think to ask got back to me. Um, I don't know too much about this D'Artagnan character. Uh, he's been running in the shadows for a while. Made a few friends. Not that many enemies, it seems. Um, particularly, uh, he seems to be friends with the uh, 405 Hellhounds. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're a biker, biker gang that, wouldn't you guess it, Mostly operates on the 405. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Thanks, Freya. Yeah, no problem. I'm sorry I can uh, get a hold of him for you, but hopefully at least that gives you something to work with. I think it it does. Okay. Well, anything you need, honey, let me know. And make sure Doc gives me a call. I will. I text Doc. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You be safe, sweetie. Bye. She hangs up. And... I believe that is where we'll end this session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated. Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated. All rights reserved. Go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.